So we're continuing our series today about, from the Sermon on the Mount entitled Walking with the King or A Walk with the King. Now the Sermon on the Mount, for those of you who may not be familiar with this, is the first kind of major public teaching um, of Jesus and thus about the kingdom of God. And as a follower of Jesus, we acknowledge that he has authority over our life. We, our lives are his kingdom. And the first week we were thinking about how we become a member of the kingdom by believing in Jesus and allowing him to have authority in our lives. Um, And then last week we were thinking about kingdom standards, the rules by which we should live in relationship with one another. And this week we're thinking about kingdom values, as Adrian has already said. What Jesus taught about our priorities as members of God's, God's kingdom and what's important to us, and how our actions often identify our values. So let's hear what Jesus teaches us, and it's found in Matthew 6. We're looking at Matthew 6, for those of you who have your Bibles, starting at verse 1. And it says this, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues on the, and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your Father may be in sec- so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father, who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, but where, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do, rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, for your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 
Have you ever been around folk who will do good things, but they want to make sure others know they did it? Look at me. For some, it's all about looking good. I read a story in relation to this theme during the week. In a small college town, a pub frequented by students ran the following ad at the campus parents, um, paper, in the campus paper during the day. And this was before parents weekend. And the, the ad said, bring your parents for lunch Saturday. We'll pretend we don't know you. The ad was soon challenged by the college chaplain who posted a revised version on the campus bulletin and it read, bring your parents to church Sunday, we'll pretend we know you. We have seen some people who will do some nice things, but they want to make sure that others see it. It's like the celebrity or the MP or the counsellor who goes to visit the sick children with a camera crew in tow. We see others who do things and they don't seek any recognition at all for what they do. And in life, people are looking for something to real to hold on to. People are looking for people who are genuine to look up to and follow. This beautiful boy, Abel, who we have thanked God for this morning, he will be needing people who are genuine people, who are authentic people in his life to look up to, to look up to, to show the way to. And God is the same way. God is looking for people who are truly committed to him, not people who do things for God to be recognized for it while their hearts are not with God. Are actions alone good enough or is the heart behind the action important? Our actions and motives reveal what we treasure in life, what is truly of value to us. So what are your life values? In this part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus considers and challenges the listeners in three particular areas that are part of being a follower of Jesus, what it's all about, their generosity, their prayer, and their fasting. These are kingdom values. And the overriding message Jesus is giving here is that they are only kingdom values if they are lived out in an authentic way. If our motives be behind being generous for praying or for fasting are all about how good we look for our own self-indulgence and praise, then that is not kingdom living. So let's look for a few moments at what Jesus teaches us about these three kingdom values. Firstly, he talks about our giving, our generosity. And this is not just about money, folks, here. Genuine generosity is a kingdom value. Jesus wants us to be generous. But it loses its value when the motive behind our generosity is not genuine. And I was drawn to thinking about people who donate money to hospitals or organizations or charities and perhaps want a whole building named after them so we never forget who the benefactor is. This happens, of course, in churches and in Salvation Army halls as well. We see little gold plaques placed on things. I once visited an army hall where there seemed to be a plaque on every bit of furniture, including the blinds, which actually turned out to be the blinds that were two blinds ago and not the ones that were up presently. And I have to question how genuine people's generosity is when that happens. So Jesus points out the wrong way to go about being generous. He says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be honored by others. And he uses this word hypocrite, which means to wear a mask. 
as the Greeks did in their drama. Now, these are some of the masks that they might have worn. A hypocrite was an actor in a play. A hypocrite is one who plays something they are not. And when the Pharisees were going to give to the poor, they would sound a trumpet. They said it was to get the poor to come to them. But Jesus saw through the mask. The real reason was to call attention to themselves. I guess that's where the phrase to blow your own trumpet comes from. They wanted the recognition and the applause of others. They wanted the prestige and honor of being known as godly men. And Jesus is saying that if we're giving so that people will know that we gave, we ought to keep our money or good deeds as far as God is concerned. So then he goes on to teach the right motive in giving. He says, but when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing so that your giving may be in secret. Now, some of you might be following through Lent the 40 Acts, which encourages us to do something positive rather than give up something during Lent. And there's a website. If you still want to have a go at it, you look it up and you'll find out. And there's also a family wall planner which sets us a task each day. And we've been trying to do this in our family. And um, one of them this week, the the task this week, was to tape some money to a parking meter or a vending machine so someone could enjoy free parking or a nice bar of chocolate from an unknown person. It was encouraging us, of course, to look at the attitude of giving. It seems a bit strange to do this, perhaps. You want to see the joy in the eyes of the person you've helped. Perhaps you want the reward for some, from someone else for your giving. You see, it's easy to give with mixed emotions, to do something for someone if it will benefit us in return. But genuine giving, genuine generosity, if we live it as a kingdom value, is a matter of the heart. God wants you to have such a trust in him that if you see someone in need and have means to meet that need, You do it out of a natural flow of living for Christ, not for the praise of people. And so I ask you, first of all, is your generosity a kingdom value? Secondly, he teaches about prayer. Genuine prayer is a kingdom value. Again, Jesus highlights the wrong way to to pray. He says, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, again, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Now, another one of the 40 acts challenged this week on Tuesday was to do a prayer walk around your community. But on Tuesday, Adrian and I were going away to the divisional retreat. So my parents did this with Rosie and Katie on their way to school. Now, we often on the way to school talk about the day ahead and say prayers with our conversa- within our conversation. But I've never said to the girls, this is, this is a prayer walk we're doing here. So this was Katie's first experience of a prayer walk being called a prayer walk. And as they walked out the door, my mum said, so what should we pray about first then? And Katie said she wanted to pray for Silver Sam, that's our car by the way, that it would get mummy and daddy to where they were going safely. Oh, bless her. So she proceeded to stand in front of Silver, Silver Sam and put her hands together and proceeded to started to pray in full view of everyone. Dear God, we pray that Silver Sam will get mummy and daddy to where they're going safely. And my mom then explained to her that actually you don't need to do all this. That when you're praying, it's just like having a conversation with God as you're walking along. Now don't get me wrong, I am not saying for one minute here that Katie has the wrong motive when she was praying in this time. She just needed to be taught that we don't need all this big theatrical display about it. 
It's the motive and the desire in our hearts that counts, not the big flourishing actions. Prayer was an important part of the day for the people of Jesus' time, as it should be and is an important part of our day as followers of Jesus now. The Jews had set time of times of prayer when they would drop what they were doing to offer up prayers to God. Jesus said the hypocrites will make sure that during prayer times they are in a place to be seen praying. Some folk would make sure they were in a busy area during these prayer times so that people would see them lift their hands towards heaven and marvel at their piety. Then Jesus gives us the right way to pray. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they will think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he goes on to tell them a a great prayer that they can use that many of us are familiar with as the Lord's Prayer. And I would urge you, when you go away from here, to, to read that again and perhaps use the Lord's Prayer as a structure for your prayers this week and in the weeks to come. And here Jesus tells us the value of praying in secret. Since prayer is a communication between a believer and God, then anything that can be done to eliminate every possible distraction and disturbance is, of course, wise. Of course, it's not wrong to pray in public. We've done that this morning. It's, it's, but it's wrong to pray in public when we're not praying in private. And Jesus also tells us to cut to the chase here. God is not impressed with long or fancy worded prayers. In another part of the Bible where Peter's walking on the water to Jesus and starts to sink, he prayed a very effective prayer from his heart, which simply said, Lord, save me. That's all he said. Of course, Jesus is not prohibiting public prayer, but he's saying that our prayer is not a show. Prayer is about attitude and motives. How is our attitude to prayer? Hurry up and finish? When we pray, are we trying to impress people or are we genuinely speaking to God? And then following on from that, Jesus then finally talks about fasting. Genuine fasting is a kingdom value. Fasting is usually understood to mean abstaining from food for some spiritual purpose. And the instruction given here in the Sermon on the Mount on how to fast is not about how often we fast, but the reason we fast. Fasting is something that we can do at any particular time of the year, perhaps if we want to focus our prayers on something in particular. And of course, the most common time of fasting is now, during Lent. And every year we hear, I'm giving up chocolate, I'm giving up coffee, I'm giving up crisps for Lent. How many here have given up something for Lent? Few people, yes, one or two. And whilst the idea of giving up Um, giving it up is because perhaps we want to become a little bit less dependent on it. We want to be a bit more healthy, perhaps. The actual reason for giving up something or fasting is so that we can spend the time in communication with God. Jesus is not condemning fasting as a practice. Rather, he is condemning fasting done for the wrong reasons. And so he tells us what the wrong way is to fast. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show that the others they are fasting. The problem, as the other, in the other cases, was the motive of the heart. Those who wanted to appear to others to be fasting would put on a gloomy face. It was the attitude that, I may have to fast, but golly, I want people to know how spiritual I am. They wanted everyone to know they were denying themselves. 
You know, even self-denial can be a self-gratifying experience when we do it for the sake of being noticed by other people. And then again, Jesus teaches us the right way to fast. But when you fast, put on your oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. Just act like normal. Fasting doesn't need to be about giving up just food or drink or in order to spend time with God. It could be television, reading, playing computer games, communicating on Facebook. But fasting from anything that does not result in more time spent with God is of no kingdom value. When we fast, are we telling people we are to impress them or are we doing it in an effort to better focus on God? So the thrust of these verses is very humbling. Why do we do the things we do? Is it of a humble sense of gratitude for all that Christ has done for us? Or is it to be recognized and praised by others? So Jesus teaches us that these kingdom values mean nothing in the kingdom of God if they're done with the, right, with the wrong motive. Having the wrong motive means that our values are of more earthly-based than kingdom-based. And he sums it all up in this last section when he talks about our treasure. He asks, what, what is your treasure? What is the real value to you? Because whatever is of real value to you will determine your motives and your actions. Little Abel. He needs authentic people living kingdom values. The world needs authentic people living kingdom values. The kingdom of God needs authentic people living kingdom values. You can't have two masters, it says. What is your treasure? What do you value? What do you value? Let's pray together. Search us, O God, and know our heart. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See if there is any ungenuine way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Lord, may we honor your name, not by paying it lip service, but by trusting the vision it speaks of and the way it calls for. May we honor it by following you, speaking into the word with your actions and showing who we're chosen to follow. May we love in your name, speak in your name, care in your name. May everything about us be genuine in your name. May may we live out kingdom values, not our own earthly values. Amen. Amen.